Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. My name is Nick and I will once again be your guide as we talk to some of the best and brightest in the worlds of real estate tech, operations, and financials from across the globe. This podcast would not be possible without listeners such as yourselves, so if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, please think about liking or subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to this show, even YouTube. Uh, All of that goes into our rating and helping this podcast get to even more listeners. Uh, One thing I'd like to point out that is new with Building Success is we have a new website www.buildingsuccess.io, completely rebranded, has a lot of information about past episodes, uh, previous guests you may have heard of on the show and want to learn more about, um, and will give you all the content uh, from Building Success into the future as well. So um, please do check out www.buildingsuccess.io, leave some feedback there as well, contact us about anybody you'd like to hear on future episodes. We definitely love to hear from you. Today's episode, I speak with uh, VTS, specifically Joe Moskowitz and Rick Farino, uh, about data and keeping clean data, organizing your data um, as a real estate organization, what, what you can do with your data if you're able to keep it clean, keep it standardized, and where, where all of this is going moving forward. We've heard a lot of uh, news about data breaches And we didn't really focus on that in this episode, more about some of the positives of where you can take your data and what the future looks like um, with the ability to clean, standardize, organize, and then being able to take that data to the next level and analyze it uh, for not only yourselves internally, but then for all of your external stakeholders. So nice conversation. We hope you stay tuned. Uh, Again, if you like what you hear, please let us know it. And without further ado, here is VTS. All right, welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for joining me today. I, of course, here with VTS and Joe Rick. If you wouldn't mind each, just please introducing yourselves. Sure. Hey, everybody. Um, Joe Moskowitz here. I run the strategic partnerships team over at VTS. Um, been with VTS about three years now, so really involved in um, you know our business and technical relationships with other companies uh, in the commercial real estate space, with an emphasis on other technology platforms, um, consulting firms, and iterating on those relationships to see what sort of value we could unlock on behalf of uh, mutual customers. Yeah, and I'm Rick Perino, uh, Chief Data Officer. Um, I work on any of the projects, products that um, involve data. Um, so that includes uh, many of the integrations we've done with our partners. I also focus on any of the newer products we're building around data, um, and then any data we're pushing out to other partners as well. So data is definitely the topic of conversation today, and that's that's definitely what I want to dive into. Um, but just... So you're both aware, I'd like to make this episode a bit more of a roundtable, so please feel free to jump in, speak up at any point in the conversation. Uh, but getting back to data, um, I, think, I think the big piece here that I want to focus in on today is how to maintain clean data. And let's start kind of with the basics. What does it mean to have clean data? Sure. 
I mean, when I, I do have quite a few of these types of conversations with, with our customer base, and in truth, we almost have, we have a, like, uh, a grid that where we, you, you, the first thing you need to do is identify, like, what data actually is important to be clean, right? In certain situations, you have, you know, unstructured fields, of, strings of text that you don't really care necessarily if it's, if it's orderly, but things like commencement date or the fact that a lease is tied to a specific space is going to be imperative. Right, and so at the end of the day, it, it first comes down to a conversation around prioritization. What types of data actually matter most? And that really comes back to business outcomes. Like what are you actually trying to do with the data? And that determines what actually is important in terms of cleanliness of the data. From there, it's then understanding what is the current state of the data, right? Where does it live uh, relative to where you want it to be, right? If, it, if you do find that something that's super important um, to, to a report or something that you're trying to build is just a string, a string of text, right? You're going to have to structure that, understand what exactly you're going to want to do to make it more standardized, right? And it really it comes back down to a concept of data governance, like, like being, being a little bit more strict in terms of the way that the data is stored, the, the way that the same data point is stored in different parts of whatever systems you're using, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's an analysis of the current state, and then that's sort of the, the avenue that gets you to uh, cleaner data, which to me the cleanest data is just is structured data, right? Having a structure, having a, a set of rules in place in advance across one system or 50 systems is going to be vital to, to that concept of cleanliness, and then you kind of go from there. So, so let's talk structured data, and you know the opposite of that is is inconsistent, you know, bad data. A lot of talk has been made in the industry about keeping clean data and the importance of such. What are, what are some of the trends that you've seen, obviously, as the, the chief data officer there at VTS, um, and what are some of the issues that are, that are being presented? Sure. Um, I think one of the, the primary uh, use cases is, is first just the idea of object management. Right, like in different systems, you might have different IDs for a property, right? Or in in different systems, you might have, or even in the same system, you might have different IDs for the same tenant across your portfolio, across even the same building in situations, right? It's the same tenant across time, yeah. right? You have different IDs or different names for that same tenant. So the idea of of first attempting to get a better picture of the current, like the current historic and future state of the world, in terms of its the consistency of the actual objects that you're interacting with, I think, is 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 vital, right? Reconciling to a single source of truth for properties, single source of truth for tenants, single source of truth for spaces, even, right? And that, like that's going to be one of the biggest battles. I mean, a lot of times we'll see people start much simpler than that, um, like data inconsistency, specifically like options, right? Some options they'll have specific like fielded data around this is the, you know, the trigger date of this option type, right? And you have to have everything figured out by that date. Well, if that's just written into a blob of text, that's not very useful. So just going through historically, and, you know, the first thing is to admit you have a problem. The second is to actually fix it in an ongoing fashion, right? And then third, you go back historically and attempt to, to clean it up. But it's, it's like I said at, at the beginning, like the idea of, of having a prioritized list of, of fixes that you want to make and then sort of coming up with an action plan for each. Um, that's, that's really what we're seeing a lot of people do across, across, with this concept of inconsistency, uh, is identify the biggest, biggest offenders of that 
you know, a lot of times, like I said, it ends up being a concept of duplicate objects, the concept of, of uh, bad data around what is traditionally unstructured data, which is really anything you're pulling directly from a lease and attempting to bring it into a system. Options, perfect example of that. So just to be very blunt, why, why does it matter? Why, why does having data consistency matter to a, a property management company? I mean, because if you, don't, if you don't bring it to a consistent state, it's useless, right? Like if you wanted to attempt to aggregate, um, you know, anything really, but if you wanted to attempt to aggregate, you know, here are, here are the uh, situations where I'm dealing with a right of first offer across the entire portfolio, and here's a, here are the situations, like here are the next 14 dates that are, that are coming up, right? If one or two of the parts of your portfolio happen to be, have it in a structured fashion and the other seven-eighths don't, right, you're going to be in a situation where you have a very incomplete report and you basically have, you have to read every single lease in every single building. Yeah, and, and I think that it also allows um, members of an organization, whether they be on a leasing team or an asset management team, to be more proactive with their own data set rather than being reactive to the data that they have, right? So, you know, if, if you're talking about your leasing pipeline and deals that you have, having all of the, of the data objects related to that deal being structured and tied back to that one unique deal ID um, and then having that data be consistent across all of your leasing activity gives, gives you the, the, the ability to aggregate that data and create insights with that data to make smarter decisions going forward rather than the inconsistency in that data if you're managing it on disparate Excel, Excel sheets um, where you can, you know, sure, answer a question that was asked of you about that one specific deal by going to wherever it is on whatever sheet it may be on and finding the answer that way. Um, you can certainly be reactive to one-off questions, but, but having that, that layer of consistency and that layer of structure um, that allows you to see the, see the data in a different way, in a more aggregated way, um, and in a more strategic way. Yeah, every customer we talk to, they're, they're quickly becoming, a, in their own minds, a data company, right? And they, they have these lofty goals of predicting, like using AI and, and machine learning, predicting the, the future state of markets and, and rents. And in truth, none of that's going to be even close to possible in, until you've cleaned up the data, right? Because you, to, to, a, to do things like saying this industry is specifically 30, you're getting 30% higher rents in this market from this industry, right? The ability to do that is it's almost impossible if you have inconsistencies across different parts of that, even that market, right, in the way that the data is actually stored and the level of detail that you get in different buildings in the same market, right? And it, it just needs to be in a common model for you to model anything. And the lofty goals that any of these um, companies have in terms of being able to be more predictive, to, to get ahead of the curve, to be more proactive instead of reactive to trends in real estate, none of it's going to be even close to possible until you have consistent data across all of your systems. Across your systems and then also across, obviously, companies that have multiple properties. And, you know, speaking to that, a lot of, a lot of companies have multiple stakeholders who all may want to look at the data differently. Um, there's different touch points 
of the data amongst different shareholders. How can you ensure as a, as a property organization, a real estate company, that your data can be both accurate as well as, as well as shared easily? Yeah, I mean, that's actually, there's a lot of different techniques. I mean, a lot of it comes back to data governance, as I mentioned before, but in truth, it, it, it really comes down to a couple different things. I think having a system you can rely on, like a data warehouse of sorts, where you're bringing everything together into a single view. A lot of our more advanced customers that have sort of made a, a lot more of a journey down this road, that's the kind of solution that they're leaning toward. And the second piece of that is, is actually pretty vital, which is like understanding that that's not something that just happens, right? Like having people whose sole job is to ensure the success of these types of requests, these type of reports, these type of BI initiatives, right? Instead of having it be 14 different people, 10% of their job, right? And, and having this idea that it'll just happen if we all kind of throw some time at it, right? The idea of actually hiring a team of people whose job it is, and oftentimes that includes very technical people, like actual DBAs, people who built out these types of systems before, maybe not necessarily in real estate, but somewhere, right? That is where I'm seeing the most success across our customer base is when you actually create a dedicated team, oftentimes of engineers. Um, it's, it's okay to have consultants that will help you through this type of process, but at the end of the day, the consultants are gone at a certain point and you need to be able to run it yourself. So having a, a, a technical team that can actually support these types of initiatives is huge. That's the team that's going to actually decide on the data governance. That's the team that's going to be responsible, held responsible. Their, their goals at an organizational level will be the ability to deliver these types of reports, these types of requests, these type of insights, right, on a regular basis accurately, and they'll be held accountable to that. And I think the other piece of that, not just the technical side, but having someone whose job it is to own that, right, and that's more from like, like an organizational change perspective, someone whose job, you know, could be a chief data officer, could be a chief data architect, could be a data something, right? The, the point is it's not some executives 10% of their time. Same thing happens on the, on the exec level or the higher levels within an organization. It, it takes someone who's going to be sort of an a arbiter of change and that, then that person's role is literally to change the hearts and minds of like, yes, this is how we used to do it. Yes, we used to pull it out of this Excel sheet. Yes, it used to take two weeks to do that. We're going to be able to do that instantly now. This is why I'm going to need some of your team's time. This is why I'm going to need your support on this. This is why we're going to have these costs incurred, right? If, if you have someone whose sole job is to, to, to bring that change about, you're far, far more likely um, to be successful. And the key is that they actually have the political capital, the clout, the, the seniority to be able to push these types of initiatives without getting a lot of resistance throughout the rest of the organization. And that's what's oftentimes the only times I see success in these types of initiatives is when you actually have both the technical and the arbiter of change type role existing. I think it also helps, uh, you mentioned multiple stakeholders within, you know, a, a building or, or a fund or a portfolio. Um, it, it, it definitely also helps to identify the, the source systems of record when it comes to certain areas of data, right? So um, you have... Uh, multiple uh, JV partners on the ownership side of, uh, of buildings who are utilizing a property manager um, and then who are utilizing another um, organization for the leasing activity, right, a leasing uh, a brokerage. Um, 
all collaborating in one centralized system, um, utilizing that one system as, as the source of that leasing data, um, or whatever area of data that it might be. Uh, it sounds like VTS. Capital projects, acquisition <laughs> disposition, whatever it may be. Um, but, but collaborating in one system and having, that, and having that be the source, and then that system can go ahead and, and, and be open, right? That's, that's what we're all hearing when we're out in the market is, is the open technology ecosystem. Um, having uh, a suite of APIs that allow for the seamless flow of data into whatever internal systems that you may have. As Rick was mentioning, if you have a, a BI uh, tool, a data warehouse um, that you utilize, uh, having that data be fed from um, certain systems that are identified as a source where multiple stakeholders can collaborate on. I think that's, that's a starting point to, to at least get to um, some layer of, uh, of structure and standardization across multiple stakeholders. Yeah, like the idea of what, what you're describing is a system of record for each type of data. And while you might be using multiple systems, like the system of record for accounting MRI, the system of record for leasing is BTS. So record for budgeting might be Argus or a couple other places, right? Right. Like that's the key. And then having those systems be as open as possible so that you can do what you need to with the data and bringing it downstream to make any of these decisions is, is, is key. And so we've been discussing a lot on the internal processes and, and what companies can do and hiring people um, to be in charge of the data. Taking it more broader or external, um, what's happening at a larger scale um, to, to help companies find the pathways to help not only to protect their data, to clean their data, but then also find the, the best uses for their data moving forward? Sure. Um, so, I mean, at a larger scale, like we're actually both of our companies are involved in, in Oscar. Um, the hope is to, to sort of make the connectivity between companies a lot more efficient. And in essence, the idea is that when a, a system wants to connect to another system or a customer has an interest in connecting to two of their systems, right, that we would use a universal standard so that it's not every single integration that you're working on is a point-to-point -point integration. Because if VTS has 16 partners, then you're going to have 16 integrations, 16 different formats, which isn't optimal, right? Or at a minimum, you're converting everything to a single standard that each vendor slash company has, has sort of created on their own, right? So the idea with Oscar would be at a broader level to get to a point where when I'm sending data out of VTS and MRI is accepting it, right, or vice versa, you're using a single format, and that way when uh, you know, an honest building comes into play and ha has the same request. No one's building something new. It's like that's where I want to be at a, at a broader level is that we can all stop spending resources on this connection, right, point to point, and just agree on a format. And in truth, any of the any of the orgs that are involved have the ability to make modifications or suggestions and enhancements to the standard, and that's actually happening a lot faster than it used to, um, quite a bit faster than it used to. Um, so that's kind of the, the broader level, the, the modifications that are the changes I'm seeing in the, 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 the data governance at a, at a broad level. Also, just to jump in, for those listeners who, who may not know, OSCAR is the Open Standards Consortium for Real Estate. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, a group that is uh, set out for this exact thing, right, is to create that, create that standardization across um, multiple organizations, kind of similar to 
the generally accepted accounting principles for the accounting industry. Yeah, full disclosure, I am a board member. And <laughs> selfish, selfishly, it makes my job a heck of a lot easier if everyone starts speaking the same language. So besides the future that you're seeing with Oscar, what else are you seeing as kind of this intersection of data and real estate? Where, where do you think things are going to go moving forward? I mean, one of the things that we're working on is, is that exact concept is, you know, at the end of the day, we, we would love to get to a point where we can aggregate and anonymize and pull all of the real estate data that we have access to and to some of those insights that we were talking about before, like what are the trends at a market level? What are the industries that are hottest in this sub-market, right? What is the speed at which you should be leasing in, in this part of San Francisco? What is the actual effect or what are the trends around supply? What are the trends around demand? Like the idea of being able to use the data that not only you have access to, but all of your you know, potential customer base as a vendor uh, is providing and then using that to scale, right? A lot of people, the first thing they want to do is they want to start to leverage their data and at scale. Like, like we said, it comes down to the data cleanliness, getting into a, a certain state. Uh, but then beyond that, like, there's a lot of insights, there's a lot of things that happen in the finance realm, for instance, that happen like instantly. You have, you have access to and such like a wealth of information that it's almost overwhelming. But in the real estate industry, like if you want to understand what the rent trend is in a specific submarket, you have to call people. Right? You have to literally get on the phone and ask some people's opinions on the current state of that market. That, to me, is just crazy. Yeah. Right? It's, just, it's, it's very 10 years ago, and I, I feel like, and it's not just us. Like, there's a bunch of different players that have this ability to start to, like, aggregate information across public sources, across, you know, the various accounting systems. Like, there's a lot that still needs to be done that would 100% service um, the, some of these questions that people are trying to answer. And, and, and not include a three-month delay or, or someone's opinion in the, in the response. Yeah, and even on that note, I think with the increased focus on the open technology ecosystem, there's, there's even more you can do with the, with the partnerships that we've seen come from this, you know, myriad of CRE tech companies that are out there. Um, at VTF, you know, we hit a milestone with 10 billion square feet of commercial space um, being leased and asset managed on the platform. Um, there's a lot of other companies out there, a lot of other Siri tech platforms that have reached similar milestones. And I think that um, getting to a place where uh, there's open web API structures um, and the ability to uh, share and collaborate on that data, of course, with client permissioning and, and, and securities in place, um, there's a lot that can be done with that data, a lot of insights um, that can be made where, where previously it was just um, you were unable to do so. So you just mentioned a big milestone, 10 billion square feet now being managed with VTS. What else is new and exciting going on? Yeah, so I was, I was sort of alluding to it, but the idea of our, our market view product is, is probably the, one of the most exciting things that we're working on. Um, moving in the direction of you know, aggregating and anonymizing data across markets uh, down to the sub-market level, um, really getting to a point uh, where we can actually start to release this and, and offer it to customers. Um, we're about to go live, um, we're actually live already with beta customers in Houston, mm -hmm. and we have 
uh, four more markets that we're actually tar targeting uh, next to try to get to a point where, you know, we, we really start to get some customer feedback on how valuable it is to, to, to see these types of insights in a, in a quasi real-time fashion. And the other thing I think that's really exciting about it is the fact that it's also future-facing, right? There's, there's data that we have on deals that haven't executed yet, right? And that's where we're going to go next is, is fully understanding not just what is the current state of the market, what's the current supply, what's the current demand, but where will it go next based on deals that haven't even closed yet, mm -hmm. right? And that's where it gets, gets really interesting. Um, I think the other thing that's pretty exciting is we're, we're moving in the direction of uh, marketplace as well. And while the, the exact details I'll leave for the, the Accelerate and the, the product team, <laughs> at the end of the day, what's really interesting is I'm, I'm focused on the data aspects of that project. I mean, at a high level, the idea is that we can more accurate, more easily um, offer the, the demand that exists in a market and connect it directly to the supply, which is the owners, the clients that we already have. You know, we know exactly what, what inventory is going to be available. We know inventory is going to be available in the future, months out in some right. cases. Supply today and right. supply tomorrow. And, and, and tying that to the tenant reps and the tenants directly, uh, the tenant community that is going to be interested in that space and giving them a lot more insight about what the this current state, the future state of those spaces will be is, is where it gets really interesting. And there's, there's a heck of a lot of detail that needs to be collected and I'm kind of right in the middle of the weeds of exactly how we're going to make sure that we we already have quite a bit of, of data that can't be collected in any other way, uh, but then beyond that, how do we scale that? How do we yeah. add additional um, types of metadata, tie it to spaces, tie it to properties? That's That's been a lot of my focus. Yeah, and you know, we want to hear from our customers about what it is they want to see out of the platform, what, what they want to see out of their data, what they want to see out of the combined anonymized and aggregated data, right? What they want to see out of a marketplace. Um, so we invite those, those VTS customers to come to our, our user conference, May 6 and 7 at the Conrad in New York City, um, and, and would love to continue the conversation there. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. I really appreciate you uh, jumping onto the podcast and talking to us about data. Yeah, of thank, course. Thank Our you pleasure. for having us. And if you'd like more information on VTS, uh, including their upcoming conference here May 6th and 7th, uh, VTS Accelerate, please visit VTS.com. And for all things Building Success, be sure to check out our new website at buildingsuccess.io. Uh, so thank you both gentlemen again for your time, and we will see you later.